Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally a polder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook. Or the 90s. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. I'm Connor Oaks. Connor, we have some amazing subjects to get into today. Instead, I mean, as always. Instead of Girls Gone Wild, oh, remember God. the video Girls Gone Wild? I remember sale? some infomercials. Yeah, those were very popular before the internet came along. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a reboot. Prosecutors Gone Wild. Some ah. DAs have been doing some very strange things mm. and other kinds of prosecutors. We're going we're gonna to get into that, which uh, as a uh, carceral state guy, you're going to enjoy. Oh, I love it. it. You're going to love it. Well, yeah. You and I could jump all over this together. These are the, <laughs> this is a concept we love, we, we love to hate on together because, so, you know, prosecutors yeah. are cops, baby. And topic number two, even better for you, how about if we just defund the stupid police? Because some <laughs> Easy. cops did some stupid Easy. things. Easy. This week. So Sounds like good, an easy solution. Yeah, the good guys are having a bad week. Yeah. And finally, capital punishment. Should we delay an execution because the inmate is afraid of needles? <laughs> that was a subject uh, that came up God. recently in Texas. Uh, and at the end of the uh, episode, as always, America's favorite game show, Guess the Verdict. I will give Connor the real-life facts about a case, and he gets to guess the outcome. I'll give you a little tease here. This is the case of the stripper named Tony the Cowboy. Nice. Tony the Cowboy was involved in litigation. <laughs> so, before we get to our three ginormous topics, a couple of human interest items. Uh, it took me 30 years, Connor, uh-huh. of, of bloviating as a legal analyst uh, all over the place. 30 years it took me to actually say something clever. Oh, really? Yeah, I, many people would, would swear under oath that they've never heard me really come out with anything. I'm not going to say that maybe I'm among those people. In, maybe mildly interesting, right. but, but clever, no. Well, you know, clever not, is a bridge too far. So I was on the radio with John Phillips a couple of days ago. He is the talk show host at KBC, uh, 790 AM in Los Angeles. He's on noon to three every Monday through Friday. Does a fantastic job. So uh, John was talking to me about the power of lobbyists. Ooh. And we were talking about how the gambling lobby is so powerful, they sh- shower the legislatures with gifts, and then they get laws that they want. Shocker. And, and then John mentioned how uh, boats, ferries uh, that go between Hawaiian islands, were essentially killed by Hawaiian Airlines uh, lobbyists because you know they don't want you to take a ferry from Maui to Hawaii. Ah, of they course. They want you to fly. They want you to it's, get in a 13-minute yeah. long, <laughs> yeah. you know, carbon-belching plane. Maybe eight minutes. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I bet those ferries belch some carbon, too. Probably true. Probably true. They don't have to launch anything into the atmosphere, but but, yeah, for sure. I mean, they float. Floating's pretty efficient, but you're right. They probably are. So we're creeping up on the clever part. Oh, yeah. Okay. So John is talking about how these Hawaiian Airlines are powerful, and here's where I got busy. I said to him, well, actually, let me uh, let me play the clip from the show. You've got the audio. You can be the judge. I've actually got, got the, the sound. Audio. So here it is from this the is John Phillips show budget. on KABC. Well, as it turns out, the group that spends the most money lobbying the Hawaii state legislature is Hawaiian Airlines. Shocker. And now they get to sell you a ticket <laughs> to go from island to island, and they're very expensive. And you know what my theory is? The uh, Hawaiian Airlines folks provided these Hawaiian legislators with a lot of lays. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe macadamia nuts too. Did you hear? Did you hear the throaty, deep laugh from John Phillips? That is proof positive. Real, real that proud he, of that. One. He just heard a clever. Well, of course. I thought it after was all clever. this buildup, is there any doubt that I'm? I proud would of say it? you've said after 30 years. That's a long drought to you have said, nothing clever. You said 10 cleverer things than that on last week's <laughs> podcast. You oh, save it all for the pod. You waste nothing on the radio. It's very kind of you, but Connor, as I told you for years, it's a sin to lie. Yeah. So you know you you, you shouldn't say that. Anyway, so that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and, uh, everybody should listen to John Phillips at every opportunity. Um, another item I wanted to get into before we get to the actual major topics. Um, Joe Biden uh, was clueless about the poor dead congresswoman. Have you followed this story? Yes, I yeah. did. Yeah, so he's asking the late Representative Jackie Walorski to identify herself at a Washington event a couple of days ago. He forgot that she died in a car crash last month. He said, I, I want to thank all of you here, including uh, bipartisan elected officials like, uh, like uh, Representative Jack. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I think she was going to be here. And, of course, uh, you know, yeah. damage control later yeah. on, a statement. Uh, I actually, at the time, this is the statement that he issued at the time of the death. Jill and I are shocked and saddened by the death of Congressman, Congresswoman Jackie uh, Wolarski. So, you know, he, he said back in 2018, I'm a gaff machine, but by God, what a wonderful thing compared to a guy who can't tell the truth. So that was a good comeback. It's true. Right. Very so that's true. a good response to being Absolutely. a gaff, gaff machine. But. Is I think it, a lot of Biden. On the fans, other hand, is it really a good thing to say? Yes, I I burglarize homes <laughs> twice a week, but I'm not a serial killer. Yeah, isn't that essentially what he just said? Not exactly. No. I think being a gaff machine, or, or maybe uh, uh, you know, not being the sharpest tool in the shed, or whatever, uh, isn't exactly a moral failing. It's reassuring, given all the you know the nuclear challenges codes that he's we, got. We, yeah, we absolutely. In this world, you know, and. And honestly, I don't think it's age. It's not like he's changed that much. Uh, Joe Biden has been doing Joe Biden nonsense since the 80s, since the 70s even. Uh, he sounded basically the same back then. Uh, and consistent with your theory, um, when he made this little gaffe about uh, poor Representative Jackie, may she rest in peace, up there in heaven with all the other Congress people up yes, in heaven. Yes, of course. I think they've got a very small bungalow. There's a VIP section. Yeah. Anyway, people, of course, pulled out the 2008 campaign event where Joe Biden wanted uh, Senator Chuck Graham, a Missouri state senator, to stand up and be acknowledged. Mm. Stand up, Chuck. Let him see you. Forgetting that Ch- Chuck has been in a wheelchair sure. for years. Sure. And so, stand up, Chuck. Uh, oh, oh. God love you. What am, what am I talking about? I'll tell you what. You're making everyone else stand up, though, pal. Now, there again, he's good actually recovery. pretty... Yeah. yeah. He's Quick very good at getting into really deep, ugly, mud, like, bog-infested yeah. holes. Yeah. And then kind of climbing out. Climbing out of So it. good good for yeah, you, Joe. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, well I would take a 150-year-old uh, Joe Biden, who's no longer aware <laughs> of his surroundings, over, uh, you know, Trump or basically any Republican any day. So that's a win, a win for me. And Jill Biden, of course, she kind of works overtime helping him out. You know, Nancy mm-hmm. Reagan Dr. Jill. Took, took a lot of crap uh, over her gaze. You, the Nancy Reagan gaze, do you remember the references to that? Where Ronnie would be speaking and she'd look up at him adoringly. Oh, and she'd yes. Been, she'd heard the speech uh, 8,000 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't, but didn't reporters matter. always commented on the yeah, fact yeah. that this is a little... She's in a trance. A little yeah. sappy, yeah. So she had the gaze. But you know what Jill has? Jill has the shove. Uh, a couple of days ago, after he, he gave remarks at the White House, uh, reporters started shouting uh, uh, questions to Joe Biden, and l- Jill literally shoved him off the stage, okay? <laughs> Gotta go, people to see, places to go. How come the press never talks about the Jill shove? That's a good They love idea. to talk about the Nancy gaze. That's true, absolutely. You know, I, I think uh, as a guy who's been married for a couple of decades now, you might understand the, the deep um, uh, respect want to uh, help. relationships yeah, bring with them, uh, the familiarity that, that these relationships breed, uh, let's say that. And, uh, and, you know, sometimes uh, if your husband's not moving fast enough, the, uh, the wife is, is like to give him a shove. <laughs> All right. Uh, so finally, um, I know why the woke have no sense of humor. Oh, I good. Figured good, it good, out. good. I yeah, figured it out. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're always woke, you're sleep deprived. Okay. Oh, and nobody can appreciate yeah, humor. Nailed it. So here's the latest <laughs> example of terminal humorlessness. Um, this Apple executive, and feel free to Tim defa- Apple, defa- <laughs> Tim Cook, yeah, no, uh, a, a lesser Apple executive. Okay. So this guy uh, was fired this week because of a harmless TikTok video. Oh, and you, boy. you be the judge. Oh boy, whether I'm right or not. Harmless. So Tony uh, Blevins is his name, Apple's vice president of procurement. Tony the cowboy? Uh, no, that's a different different Tony. Tony. Okay. End of the episode. Yeah, gotcha. I'll He's wait, leaving I'll the wait. company because he made what's called a lewd joke on TikTok Ooh. that went viral. Okay. Ooh, that's bad. All right, here's, here's the supposedly lewd joke. She, okay. He appeared in a very short video published by uh, an Instagram creator named Daniel Mack, no. uh, where Daniel uh, runs around asking people driving really fancy cars, hey, what do you do for a living? You know, if you're willing to talk, and right. we'll, we'll go on uh, line with this. So the Apple executive, Tony Blevins, being a friendly guy, he wants to go along and have some fun. Uh-huh. He says, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you about what I do for a living. He was parking his Mercedes-Benz SLR McLaren when oh, this video was fine. shot. That's that's a supercar. All right. Well, and so here are his words. He he's asked, "Well, what do you do, uh, Mr. McLaren? I mean, Mr. Blevins?" <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Quote: oh, I have rich cars, play golf, and fondle big-breasted women. But I take weekends and major holidays off." <laughs> so long, Daniel. Nice to meet you. He's lost his job. Oh, he added to be additionally cute. He said, "And also, I have a hell of a dental plan." Okay, those were the words that he uttered. Um, seriously, was that a fire-worthy offense? Maybe not very funny, maybe a little cute. Uh, I don't know what he meant by rich car. I have yeah, rich but cars. Yeah. Does, does a car have a net worth? He's, his, he's not a comedian, right? He's just no. he's working off the cuff here. I get it. He's, he's trying to say he drives fancy cars. Yeah, now I fondle big-breasted women. I guess it's possible that the super woke would interpret I fondle big-breasted women as meaning he's joking about sexual assault, but I actually looked it up, Connor. Uh, Fondle, according to the dictionary, is to stroke or caress lovingly or erotically. And they give an example. The dog came over to have his ears fondled. It does not, no definition suggests fondle equals sexual assault. So that possible weirdo excuse for the poor guy's firing, probably got a net worth of $50 million, uh, it's just not there. Are you 
do you think some of the, 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 the people involved in this were kind of crossed the line? Don't you think that was a little excessive for, for poor Mr. Blevins? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not the it's not exactly like he said something unbelievably crude and, and not allowed. I mean, it, it wasn't you know, Trump like. Right. It wasn't Trump like. I mean, obviously, it, it, it calls that to mind. There's a reason you said that in the world we live in now is you've got people who's been Trump got away with the uh, access right. Hollywood comment. Yeah, exactly. We live in a world yeah. where people who white men, old white men who are worth millions of dollars get away with anything. So when you hear old white men speak this way in this braggadocious way, you, you, you get a bad taste in your mouth. But, you know, if, frankly, uh, if uh, Post Malone had, had said this, uh, or any or whoever, you know, he, Post Malone is a hip-hop artist, had well, said I thought this. you meant after Sam Malone was on Cheers, so it's <laughs> totally different. Yeah. So apparently, and I, 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 I did actually see this movie when I was a long, uh, much younger, but apparently this is a reference to a 1981 film called Arthur, in which oh, yeah. uh, the, the main character, who is a rich playboy, basically- very, very drunk. Ba- basically that same line. Mm-hmm. He's asked, what do you do if you're just a rich playboy, trust fund kid, or whatever, and he mm-hmm. says, I have- uh, you know, fancy drive, fancy cars. I play golf, and I I fondle women. So th- that's the reference that this guy, who's from another oh, era, from the eighties. So, I mean, he said, yeah, yeah. I think the the quote from that movie is fondled. Now, this when, when I heard that, that brought to mind actually. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's reference, who got in trouble for quoting a sort of what I think would have been known as edgy if the word edgy had existed back then, but edgy <laughs> humor where uh, he said to uh, at, at a work party uh, or a, a uh, you know, some sort of function with with colleagues. Right. Uh, and he said said uh, to a, a woman who was who was there at the at the, the party or, or get together, um, asked her if it, that was, quote, if that was a pubic hair on your Coke can. Right. Right. And it turned out it was from a movie. It, that's a quote from a movie. This is an example. Clarence Thomas's famous uh, example was, well, just because it's from a movie doesn't mean you can say it to your coworker, right? Mm-hmm. Right. This is a step removed from that, right? right? This is not, he's not at a work function. A random idiot walks up to him with a camera phone and says, you know, why do you, what, you're, you're pretty hard on a, Daniel Mack. Sorry, Daniel. Internet influencer. Sorry, I'm sure you're very famous, have lots of followers and are 12 years old. But <laughs> it says to him, you know, why are you driving a McLaren? How much money do you have? And how did you get all that money? Mm. And he makes this glib off the cuff reference. Is that something I would expect him to have been fired by, about? No, actually. I, the ultra-progressive, look at that and I'm like, oh, wow, I'm shocked. that." But at the same time, say you're Apple and you're in the C-suite and this is getting headlines. Are you more worried about upsetting people who would look at this and go like, oh, man, Apple's not this cool forward-thinking, woke company I thought it was. They're not on the cutting edge of things. They're not progressive. They're not, you know— they're fondling women. Right. Like wh- There are so many of these big companies that are desperate to prove that they are actually cool and hip mm-hmm. and that they're not what they really are, which is m- accumulations of an unbelievable uh, a horde of dragon gold, keeping you know it out of the hands of individuals and in the hands of this massive network of corporations that basically control our country and our economy because of capitalism. The, the, oh, the logical endpoint of capitalism being one guy has all the money uh, and the logical, you know, the opposite of something like communism, where everybody has the money divided equally, right? It, it doesn't go quite that far 
are, but that's the concept, the vague concept. And anything that Apple computers can do to disguise the fact that they are a pile of billions and billions of dollars that does not have your interest at heart, but only has the interest of the shareholders at heart, they will take that advantage. So well, are they going to hide behind this? Are they going to fire somebody kind of at the drop of a hat because it might tarnish their image with yeah. the millennials and the, and the Zoomers? Yeah. Now, should they? That's a whole different question. Maybe That's a moral question that it's really tough to get into. Intim- and we should be evaluating these capitalist types on that, uh, uh, on that uh, you know, moral judgment scale unless we're going to evaluate all their actions on a moral scale, like their actions that hurt climate change and their privacy violation issues. It and sounds like you thought this through when well, Tim Cook uh, hears this podcast, you may get an offer to take the job of Mr. <laughs> Blevins. Who knows? Yeah, may, I mean, somebody's got to take his job. The person who's behind him for the job of, you know, well, the job of probably driving fast cars and, and not working very hard. But whoever, whatever that job is, that guy's happy or woman. When we come back, Girls Gone Wild. But first, Hunter's going to tell you how to rate and subscribe to Too Many Okay, letters. prosecutors. Prosecutors gone wild. Pro- but yes, yeah, check us out on whatever podcast platform you like. Trying uh, to dilute the power of the T's, Hunter, <laughs> by injecting actual truth and facts. All right. I, I just don't want our, 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 our Downloads loyal just dropped by 40%. To be disappointed, because uh, there's never been a girl on this podcast, and there probably never will be. Uh, it's just the two of us. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the the podcast platform of your choice, uh, any of them work, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Podcast Addict, or Apple Podcast. Uh, ask, just ask Tim Apple how to download your, uh, your our <laughs> podcast. Uh, but search for Too Many Lawyers, uh, and we will pop right up, and you can get the latest episode. And while you're there getting the latest episode um, every time, make sure you're clicking the like and subscribe. If somebody sent you this podcast and say, hey, check out these idiots, they're such an embarrassment— View our embarrassment every week up close and personal pushed to your email inbox or your podcast platform of choice by clicking join or subscribe. And actually, we should, speaking of downloads, see a massive spike. Oh, a massive spike. Downloads. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Uh, Patty Panicha, who teaches uh, as an ad- adjunct professor of law at uh, Pepperdine mm-hmm. uh, Law School, uh, invited me and another lawyer, uh, Don Zachary, to speak to her media law class. Ooh. So massive, we, massive spike. We went out there and we, we, we talked. And at the end of the uh, class, I said to them, okay, um, I have a commercial and I have a bribe. So I said, how many of you uh, listen to podcasts? And almost all of them. Wow. These lost is almost all of them raised Nerds. their hands. And I said, oh, that's funny. You know, if this crowd were over 60, I don't think, first of all, you wouldn't be able to raise your hands because you'd have a, you know, <laughs> sure. a, a shoulder problem. Sure. Uh, but you wouldn't be raising your hands. But uh, they're podcast listeners. So I said, okay, here's the commercial. I told them all about uh, you and, uh, and the podcast. Nice. And then I said, here's the bribe. If our... Um, if our downloads go up ten uh, percent in the next uh, month, I will be back with a giant plate of warm chocolate chip cookies. Nice. So they're all taking notes. Yeah. They, you know, they know where to go. You could have said, "I'm going to tell uh, Professor Patty to give you all A's," and they would have believed you because you're an authoritative lawyer. That'd be uh, even more impressive. That's right. By the way, uh, out there at Pepperdine, they have a sign that says it's a Pepperdine uh, Caruso. Uh, law school, and I asked the, the class. I said, "Cruz, is that like Enrico Caruso, the world famous uh, singer, or would it be this guy who's running for mayor, the rich?" No, Rick no, no. Caruso? I think it's the I think it's the singer. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and I said, "Or is it a third uh, unknown Caruso, a mystery Caruso?" They said, "It's the businessman." Oh, <laughs> yeah. all right. Uh, we will be right back with Girls Gone Wild and some related stuff. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal. I'm Connor Rips. Okay, uh, instead of Girls Gone Wild, here's a reboot of Prosecutors Gone Wild. Uh, I guess, you know, you don't remember this because uh, you're of a certain age, but I'm telling you, in the 80s and the early 90s, Girls Gone Wild, they were advertising oh, it, it all the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember when I grew up, it was like the, it was a formative experience for me that at about 8.30 p.m., television ads went from uh, basically like detergent uh, and Instead of soap, it toys. was topless uh, gals at yeah. spring break. And I didn't understand why this was allowed to be on TV, frankly, <laughs> because it was basically it was the most pornographic thing I'd ever seen because this was, you know, before the ad. We're talking dial-up internet, okay, back then. And there was one computer in the family room. So it was, things were mail. pretty sanitary in the Oaks household uh, during my childhood. But, I mean, holy crap, this stuff was... This stuff was, you know, it was uh, it was out there. And it was on TV. Compare it to my childhood. Uh, we had a TV. It was black and white. It was Zenith. The picture was round. It wow. was circular. And wow. it was about 13 inches across. Oh, my God. And it weighed about, you know, 3,000 pounds. <laughs> and, of course, we would call out the uh, repairman when it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. And he would lean down and he would plug the TV in and say that'll be fifteen dollars. Nice. It was pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Okay. Back then, fifteen dollars—that's like fifteen hundred now. So, uh, why are we talking about these poor prosecutors who work so hard and uh, try to stop crimes? Try to stop crimes, or I guess punish them. A few of them are are throwing some people under the bus this week, and we wanted to talk about both the Alec Baldwin situation in New Mexico and uh, a Mark Garagos and. um, Brian Kabatek investigation closer to home here in California. So let's start with the the Rust shooting prosecution. Everybody knows that the, this lady was uh, killed uh, when uh, Alec Baldwin's gun went off on the set. And for months now, the uh, prosecutors in uh, the Albuquerque area, Santa Fe area, have been looking into whether to charge somebody. been a bunch of civil lawsuits flying back and forth. But the real question is, somebody going to get uh, hit with a, a criminal indictment? And so the DA went public this week, Connor, in asking for hundreds of thousands of dollars more in money to investigate, hire experts, uh, pursue the possibility of a prosecution. In support of that, they start blabbing about how, and you know, we're thinking of charging actor Alec Baldwin with a crime. They don't mention anybody else's name, even mm-hmm. though there are two or three other names that are on, on the hit parade in terms of possible folks. I mean, you know, he's... He may have brought it on himself because he made this strange statement along the lines of, "Oh no, I didn't. I didn't pull the trigger. I would never pull the trigger. You know, if the gun is pointed at somebody." Well, but that's what actors do all the time. Yeah. They pull the trigger because either they looked inside the gun and they're savvy enough to know, "Okay, it's totally safe," or they don't look. Probably in vast majority of cases, because they trust the armorer, and I think most actors do trust that they yeah. don't. Open it up. There's and a specific spin the deal. specific procedure for the way that the the armorer uh, you know gives hands an actor a weapon. Most of the time, weapons that are handed to actors are cleared 
and the armorer specifically shows the actor before they have it so that they don't worry and stress and so that they're, you know, they know they're being safe. Uh, look, there's no bullet in this gun. Well, I'm showing you, look down the barrel, you can see that it's empty, right? And then they add mm-hmm. uh, things like muscle muscle flash and, and noise and smoke in post-production. They just add it to, and it to the film, and it looks better than a, a you know a, a fake half the time, right? Right. The other versions, though, are where they have blanks. And when they have blanks, they sh- specifically will show the uh, the the actor that they're putting a blank uh, in the gun and the the blank will be like a, a violently different color and they can see it uh and the the third and final scenario the one that that uh, that Al, actor alec baldwin was involved in in that shot is one where the camera is pointed so specifically very close to a gun that the gun has to appear to be full to the audience. It has to have bullets in the chamber for the audience's sake. Mm-hmm. And it has to have bullets in the chamber that aren't, you know, painted orange or blue or something to show these are blanks, you're safe, because they're going to show up on camera. And in that case, there's a specific procedure for even that sub- uh, specific a situation where the armorer will take the, the, the fake bullet and will shake it, and there's an audible noise that the, the chamber, uh, that the bullet, you know, makes as the stuff inside... Wow. Oh, so there's a science to this. Yeah, indicating, look, this is just, there's ball bearings rolling around in here. It can't be a real bullet. And the 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 question that, that Alec Baldwin is facing is, did that armor go through that procedure? And is it your responsibility to force that armor to go through that procedure, as opposed to trusting them and saying, well, the armor is handing me the gun. I'm sure it's all fine. Well, he's been talking so much because I think he considers himself a great communicator. And he probably, after Johnny Depp did so well in his litigation, Alec Baldwin saying, hey, you know, Johnny's got nothing on me. Uh, Every opportunity he's been given press conferences and so on. And that's totally flies the face of advice. Most legal advice, yeah. Criminal defense lawyers say, shut up, sit down, get out of here. Yeah, Yeah, because, you know, the prosecutors are taking notes. Every single syllable you utter uh, could be used against you. Yeah, and speaking of those prosecutors who are going wild in this case, I mean, I I see this as as very strange, just like you do. I, I, I don't think that... It's normal to these prosecutors to be talking about the person uh, specifically that they they think that they're going to charge. And if it wasn't Alec Baldwin and the media wasn't constantly asking them, uh, them uh, the prosecutors about him, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't be. And the, the, the prosecutors in an ideal world are not going to treat celebrities differently, positively or negatively, than they are random humans. Yeah, but the problem are they going to always? The problem is um, if you go after a celebrity as a prosecutor, it's a career-defining event. Yeah. You win and you're a hero and Maybe headed for a higher office, attorney right. general of the state of New Mexico. Yeah. Lose, you're the guy who blew the Alec Baldwin case. All they need is probable cause yeah. to take him to trial. A reasonable person would suspect a crime was committed. But the DA knows unless they can satisfy the trial standard, guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, the defense is going to win. But that brings me back to the fact that he's been blabbing so much. I have a feeling they're thinking, you know, we can make him look bad in front of a jury denying that he pulled the trigger. Seriously? Absolutely. Yeah. That's free that's free ammunition, not no pun intended, to give to the prosecutors. The, the the reason that you should never talk to the police and the reason that you should never, you know, give a press conference is that you're giving them ammunition. It might be weak ammunition, it might be bad, but guess what it might not. It might look like a blank, but it might actually be real ammunition that could be used against you in court. Not to get too specific and deep on the metaphor, but it's pretty perfect. Mm-hmm. You can say something that you believe to be true and uh, you can be 100% honest with it and you think will exonerate you, but facts that are outside of your knowledge and control have conspired to make it not true. Yeah, and and it, you're accidentally lying or you're and, misremembering. And or pros- 
somebody else's memory, bad memory of that day, even if it was true that he didn't pull the trigger, if he testifies to that by saying it to the press ahead of time, effectively right. testifying to it, because he's going to be faced with that on cross-examination later, if he says that, then somebody else will inevitably pop out of the woodwork and say, oh, I, you know, I remember I saw him, I was on the sta- I was on the, the set and I saw him pull the trigger, I saw his finger move before the gun went off. And now, boom, it's word against word. It's his and, word against somebody else's, happened. which is not in, if, if there was no credibility issue at all, and he had just shut up, he would have been safe and nothing, there'd be nothing to contradict. But once you get all these witnesses, suddenly now it's two against one, three against one, four against one, for people misremembering a, a wrong fact. And that's why you never talk to the police. That's why you never talk to the press. Because inevitably, an idiot will come out of the woodwork if you're a celebrity and say he's lying. Yeah, and that's uh, what's called a perjury trap, where the investigators probably don't really have a solid evidence that the guy committed the underlying crime, but to the extent they can get him talking and have him say something that contradicts, as you suggest, what somebody else has said, then they're able to go to the jury and say, okay, we want you to convict this guy who said X when somebody else said Y. Right. Very- it is often easier to convict people on perjury, ask Martha, Martha Stewart. Yeah, exactly right. So the other uh, investigation, it isn't technically a criminal prosecution, but it has to do with the uh, the state bar going after um, the celebrity uh, lawyer um, Mark Garagos and uh, his colleague, uh, Mr. Kabatek, Brian Kabatek. So here's here's the situation. About 15 years ago, a class action was filed against New York Life Insurance Company and AXA Equitable arising out of Armenian Holocaust life insurance policy benefits. So uh, it's alleged that the Turks uh, uh, massacred millions of Armenians early in the 20th century. A lot of the victims had life policies, but they never collected because there wasn't a good claims process. So along comes Mark Ergos and friends uh, several years ago. They file the uh, class action lawsuit against the two insurance companies. Allegedly, these lawyers failed to supervise the claims guy whose job it was to reach out to everybody, the descendants of the victims, the beneficiaries, and get the money in their hands. Yeah, when you win a class action lawsuit, you don't just get a big check from the other side and say, okay, well, we got $20 million to hand out here. Who wants it, right? You don't just, because the people who you're collecting on behalf of in a class action, you have people who are representatives of the class. You have, you know, if it's a toxic tort, you've got somebody who got cancer from from being exposed to the toxic waste. And then you've got somebody else who got asthma as a result of it, and they get different amounts of money. But maybe you have diff- some s- several representative plaintiffs who are in the lawsuit, and they actually are going to get their money right away because they're right in front of everybody and you see them, but everybody else has to come out of the woodwork. It's like when you claims process, you You submit your proof. Yeah, you get a a letter in the mail that says, hey, were you a customer of Pizza Hut in in Mm -hmm. 1998? And uh, did you get a a pizza 31 minutes after you ordered it? Well, you've got a claim for 38 cents or whatever, except these are people who have much larger claims, much more significant claims than that. And they, the onus is often on them to come out of the woodwork. So that claims person has to create a structure for for people to be able to reach out, make contact, and provide the proof that they need to say, hey, yeah, I did have a relative. My father, or my uncle, or my grandfather, or whatever, died in the Armenian, Armenian genocide in 19, you know, 19, and they uh, 
uh, apologies for probably getting the name the, the year wrong. And uh, they, you know, had a life insurance policy, and they couldn't collect because the insurance company didn't have a good claims process. So they are entitled to money in this case, and we need a million dollars or whatever else. That's an important claim. Yeah. And the guy at the head of that who's setting up the claims process, he's a pretty important person who's got to set this thing up. And the lawyers allegedly, you know, uh, maybe arguably picked the wrong guy. Yeah, and didn't supervise him properly. And it's also alleged that the lawyers had some pet charities and they steered some of the money. Basically, 8% of the 100% of some 20, 25 million bucks that was supposed to go to people, only 8% got yeah, into their hands. Just, I mean, that blows a lot of people's minds, right? They hear that right. number, not only the fact that it's 8%, but they also hear, what are you talking about, charities? What are you talking about? How, how could it not end up in the victim's hands? Well, if you go to a judge and you say, judge, we've got a class action. We want to pay out uh, people who are hurt in this action accident, big, you know, a ferry sinks, uh, or a, a toxic tort of a, you know, toxic waste is, was released and people were injured, or that we have people who had claims uh, that were unfulfilled in, uh, by, uh, who are insurance policy customers. Um, those people are all out there, and it might not be possible to reach all of them, so there might be money left over. So the, the law hates, uh, the, the way nature abhors a vacuum, the law hates money and we, where we don't know whose it is. We don't have uh, to, you know, ownership over assets is, is the worst thing in the universe, because then where does it go, right? The worst possible, mm -hmm. some lawyer probably always steals it. We don't want that. So in the event that you can't find some of the people who should be getting the money, that should, money has to go somewhere. So charity is often a, 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 a good outcome for that. So people pick charities. Well, who picks the charity is the question. And in this situation, uh, it's alleged that some of these were kind of sweetheart deals that the charities might not have been fully on the up and up. We don't know. So here's the problem with what the state bar of California is doing. Um, they're free to take this position and investigate uh, the two lawyers. But it seems wrong for them to be talking about the investigation. Just like Alec And Baldwin. naming names, exactly. When the protocol usually is to not talk about it, lawyers they're looking into, uh, especially when the state bar essentially admitted the reason they're talking is that folks think that they, the state bar, screwed up by not going after Tom Girardi over many years when Tom allegedly, uh, that they were looking the other way. Right. At, at suggestions that Tom was doing something wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, the real housewives I mean, of Beverly come Hills. On. Uh, Who writes these press conferences, right? Who answers these questions? Mm -hmm. Why cops, why prosecutors, cops in suits, same thing. Why are they going out there and saying, oh, we're just doing this to cover our own butts yeah, I mean, it's because as we're if, getting so much heat. It's as if they're saying, oh, well, we're prosecuting Bill here. It was a wobbler, but uh, what the hell? We took so much crap last right. year for letting that serial killer slip right. through our fingers. We kind of needed a PR win. It would be like cops going on and saying, yeah, we let OJ get away with murder. And, uh, you know, it's been a couple of years, but everybody knows he did it. So we're really going to come down hard on this next guy because we're going to make up for that OJ mess up that we had. It's like, oh, my God, you're being, first of all, you're being uh, horribly unfair to the guy who you couldn't convict previously, although OJ did do it. And then you're also being horribly unfair to the people that you're now going after by saying you're kind of only doing it or partially even partially doing it as a result of the PR nightmare you're suffering for the failure in your your failure in the Todd Girardi case. So now, oh my God. So now I know we're going to lose 95% of the audience when I say this, but we're done with the girls gone wild part of the podcast. Thank God. So when we come back, how about if we just defund the stupid police? What do you think about that? Stick Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and 
producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What that sun doing life? This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Laurel Oates. And I'm Connor Oates. So, Connor, I've given you a hard time about this defund the police issue, um, but a story out of Greeley, Colorado is making me question my position. We're converting him. Ladies and gentlemen of the podcast listening audience, we're slowly doing it. We're convincing him. So the Greeley, Colorado police stopped a woman who was involved in a road rage incident. Mm -hmm. They get her out of the car, they handcuff her, put her in the backseat of a patrol car, but for some reason, and here's the here's the mystery part mm, about this story. Mystery. They parked the patrol car on, wait for it, the train tracks. Oh, the body, body, body cam records show their conversation was along the lines of, okay, they're examining the suspect's car. Uh, it was like she was trying to throw a gun out of a window, so they wanted to find where the gun is. They want to look in the car to see if there are other weapons. Then... Uh, the body cam, uh, cam you, you can hear a train horn in the distance, you know. It's, it's but apparently coming, the cops can't. One officer standing by the patrol car backed away from the car. Another is heard yelling, stay back. Another uh, shouts expletives saying, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then he talks into the radio. A uh, patrol car was just hit by a train. So the suspect had nine broken ribs, fractured sternum and back and head injuries, needed surgery for a broken arm. Um, you watch the video. It, it's it's mind blowing that this person survived. It's incredible. The, yeah. the the car is obliterated by the train. Of course it is. It's the it's the it's the scariest you know train safety train track safety PSA you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And the idea that these are cops who put her in that car and then put her in that position. I mean, it's a it's a horror show. It's a nightmare. I mean, these are people who are you know entrusted with citizens' safety, people's safety. And instead, they're exerting their power to put her in a horrific, dangerous situation where she, frankly, should have, by, by all accounts, been killed. So here's a, a pet peeve I have about this story. Uh-huh. Uh, Channel 9 there in the Greeley, Colorado, um, TV station uh, put a report on their website. And uh, here's what they said. Uh, Rios Gonzalez has not been charged, and neither of the officers whose behavior has been characterized as reckless and negligent by two Nine news legal analysts. So here's my question, Connor. Uh-huh. I know that I'm a little sensitive about this. Why does Channel 9 News need two legal <laughs> analysts? Sad to say, not every news station in a major market has even a single legal analyst. And it's they a could scandal. Use one. They could use one. And if they need your phone number, I can provide it. Well, yeah, I'm I'm very happy. You're nationally syndicated. I'm happy dealing with Channel 4 here in Los Angeles. I just wonder, where... Why would a town like Greeley have a single TV station with two legal analysts? Is it possible the news director was approached by two babes and he just couldn't decide between them? Maybe. Yeah, that's This impossible. is uh, the, 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 the coverage of this, uh, this horrible, you can't even say accident. It's not an accident. I mean, it was a choice to disregard the training we've all gotten since six years old, uh, since we venture out of the house and encounter train yeah. tracks for the first time. It was called Reckless is, by two legal analysts. Two! Yeah. I mean, it, nuts. It, and the, the, the media coverage of it has tracked uh, the media coverage of, of cops generally, because media love to regurgitate, and I say this as now, we're on a podcast, we're a member of the media, I know. But 
they love to regurgitate police talking points, right? right? They get a press release and they just regurgitate it. And they use what uh, 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 a William Schneider coined, political analyst, William Schneider coined is the past exonerative tense. Uh, they say things like uh, there was an officer involved shooting or a person was shot instead mm-hmm. of the cops shot the person. The passive and voice. The, yeah, the passive voice, which is used in this specific uh, situa- types of situations as known as the passive exonerative voice because they're effectively exonerating uh, cops in these scenarios. And the cops know that they're safe because the media will treat them with kid gloves. And of course, their chief will stick up with them for them. And then they will you know, walk in the July 4th parade carrying a Blue Lives Matter flag or whatever, and nobody will say anything to them because they're the good guys that are there to protect you. Well, guess what, America? They're not. They're not the good guys. They're not there to protect you. They don't solve crimes. They don't prevent crimes. They're not keeping you safe. They're making the world worse. They're very, very dangerous people, and they shouldn't be given guns. They shouldn't be given hundreds of millions of dollars, massive amounts of our local uh, civic budgets to terrorize the citizens of their respective regions uh, for no appreciable value. So take this example and and just dream, just think, when next time you were involved with the police, uh, if you say the wrong thing or act uh, too angry uh, or upset them in some way, maybe, just maybe, they will handcuff you and put you in a car on the railroad tracks uh, and you'll never get home to see your family. Because that's how a lot of America sees cops and they're literally not wrong. What if you introduce them to Mr. Lincoln? I think that would help. Oh, slide a fiver, so just with a handcuffed hand. Yeah, maybe, maybe that would do it. Maybe that would solve our funding that you, the individual citizens should fund the police with bribes. Well, I will say this, I, I disagree with you on the defund the police issue, but I'm very happy to hear it reiterated once again, because the midterms are right around the Oh corner. yeah, absolutely. And, so I'm, and that'll help you. I'm actually yeah. pretty eager. Yeah. Hey, it's time for uh, America's favorite game show, Guess the Verdict. Are you up for this? Always. Can't wait. So I've got a, uh, a real live case here. I'm going to tell Connor the, the facts, and he gets to guess how it turned out. Okay. It's a male stripper, uh, performs under the name Tony, 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 the Tony. So Tony the Cowboy shows up at a restaurant to perform his routine for a bachelorette party. Okay. Invited. Well, Sounds good. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's oh, good. Everything's on the up and up. When he learned his performance would not be in a private room, but would instead be on an outdoor patio, oh. visible not only to the bachelorettes and her guests, sure. but also to his junior high school homeroom teacher. No, I made that part <laughs> up. Uh, not only the bachelorette and her guests, but also male and female restaurant patrons, he said no. no he thanks. backed out. Yeah. His employer sent in Jean-Claude as a replacement. But the hostess of the party complained that Jean-Claude wore a zoot suit two sizes too big. I thought zoot suits were supposed to be a little... They are. That's their whole a little thing. Fuller, yeah. yeah, I guess. And silly prints. Anyway, so Jean-Claude uh, also says because of the cold temperature, I am only going to be performing for <laughs> the 10 minutes, not the 30 minutes. So the woman refused to pay, and Jean-Claude's employers sued her for the $125 that was the fee for <laughs> the stripper. So it goes to court. The American legal G- system, Gigantic baby. trial. I'm sure it was televised and the oh, whole yeah. thing. Uh, this is in Pittsburgh, California, by the way, with no absolutely no H at the end. Oh. So uh, you get to guess uh, who won. Did uh, so, Jean-Claude's uh, employers um, first I'll win, say, suing the woman or the woman who refused to pay? First, I'll say that in a case like this, in my legal experience, they will bring both strippers, Jean-Claude and Tony, yeah. into the courtroom to have them perform so that the jury knows. Well, if it was a 70s sitcom, they would. Right. Be- because, you know, if this woman is, is saying, in part, I didn't get the stripper that I asked for mm-hmm. and, you know, hired, 
that Tony, they have to know if Tony does a really bang up job that Jean-Claude Van Damme just, I mean, not Van Damme, different Jean-Claude, right. just can't compete uh, and, and replace that. If, if he's an irreplaceable service, then, you know, she was robbed uh, of, her, of her performance that she paid for. And the, the, the next sort of meta level, that the inside baseball question is, does Tony now throw the performance? Does he do a <laughs> lackluster job in court so that the jury thinks, oh, he's no better than John Claude when everyone obviously knows oh, Tony knocks it out complex. of the park, right? So that's the legal question. And then the jury starts to assess the credibility. Is this the best Tony can give us? Is Tony giving it his all or is he kind of phoning it in? Um, and based on that, and based on my years of legal experience in the stripper field, or years of experience in the stripper field as a lawyer, different, um, I will say, uh, you know, she paid for a stripper, she got a stripper, I think she's got to cough up. I think she did it. Unfortunately, the judge ruled for her. No! Yeah, basically, he said, look, Tony backed out, and, you know, the conditions were a little different or strange, but he shouldn't have backed out. And Jean-Claude, 10 minutes, not 30 minutes? No. So the judge, uh, he went for the gal. Dang. But your batting average is so great. You yeah. Know. yeah. You, you know, it's even pretty good. Aaron Judge, uh, you know, strikes out once in a while. That's very, very rarely. That doesn't really help me. You could have said another major leaguer who still makes millions of dollars. Aaron Judge basically never strikes out. But yeah. He's uh, working on the uh, working on the home run record. Well, that's it. Uh, we've solved the Girls Gone Wild problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to see everybody next week on Too Many Lawyers. Have a great week. 